Are you ready for your weekly walking lesson? Okay, we've been in a series now for a number of weeks called Walk This Way. And we're dealing with talking specifically about how the believer is to conduct themselves, how a believer is to walk out what they are, who they are in Christ. Praise the Lord. And so we want to start off with reading our three scriptures that we have been beginning with each week to set the stage and the scriptural foundation for this topic. First John chapter 2 and verse 6, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Alright, so Jesus is our standard. He is, the, he is the goal. And because we've been told to walk just as Jesus walked, we must also know that we can walk just as Jesus walked. With the command is the empowerment to fulfill it. Is the grace and the ability of God to do exactly what the Word says. So you can walk just like Jesus. Isn't that good news? What does that what does that mean? That doesn't just mean being nice, although he was a nice guy. <laughs> he, he definitely operated in the love of God, right? Uh, he also was a powerful person. He had miracles and he had healings and he set people free. And, and that's a part of the walk of the Lord. So I guess I must be able to do that as well. I guess you must be able to do that as well. Or you wouldn't be told to walk just like him. I mean, I wouldn't be able to say just like him and remove that component from his life and ministry. I really wouldn't do it. If someone came to me and said, tell me about Jesus while he was on the earth in his life, I wouldn't be able to skip the water walking, the bread and fish multiplying, the coin in the fish's mouth. I wouldn't be able to skip the healing and the raising of the dead and all these amazing things. And accurately describe the Lord. Would I? Would you be able to skip all that stuff? I guess that must be included then. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. This is a spirit inspired prayer. Right here. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10. We're skipping into the middle of the prayer. He said that you may walk worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing Him. Earlier, he prayed that we would have wisdom and certain things from the Lord. And the purpose of that is so that we would walk worthy of Him. Can we walk worthy? Yeah. See, see, a life just like Jesus' walk is a worthy walk. All right. Now, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. That's the last one here. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. And so you can see from these scriptures, we read three of them, that the walk of the believer is a big New Testament subject. It's not an isolated half of a verse kind of thought that a preacher kind of messed with and made it into a series. <laughs> It's actually very strongly and uh, and uh, a well-grounded topic in the New Testament that we should walk a certain way. Okay, should we know what that looks like? That's why we're describing the walk, so we'll know whether our walk is consistent with the Lord, with uh, a, with the worthy call. 
or worthy of the call. Amen. Praise God. And so we've been sharing with you various things that the New Testament says as the Lord has been helping us to know what to say each week. And uh, remember we said that we are to walk in unity. The Bible tells us that we are to walk in love. The Scripture says that, that we are to walk in newness of life. Also, we've talked about not walking as the heathen or as the world walks. Remember that? And then, of course, last week we shared with you about walking in the Spirit. The Bible says we are not to walk in the flesh, but in the Spirit. And the Bible gives us, oh, powerful truths that totally set us free when we do things appropriately and in accordance with the way it says it. All right? Today, you ready for something else? All right. I'm thankful to the Lord. He helped. In fact, last week during this service, I got clear about the direction for today. It was between words. (laughs) It's amazing how the Lord can show you a whole lot very quick. Just just like that. Like at the speed of light, (laughs) he'll show you something. And you know what it is? The Bible says that we are to walk in the light. We are to walk in the light. What does that mean? Let's look at the scriptures here today and, and, and look about walking in the light. First of all, let, let me read this one to you. It's uh, Ephesians 5 and verse 8. Ephesians 5, 8. It reads, for you were once darkness. Notice, you were once darkness. Say, I was, I was. darkness. darkness. Yeah, we, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Are we trying to be light? No, we are light. We are, I was darkness, but now I am light. How? In the Lord. I am light. But that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about what you were and what you are. We're talking about the next part. It says, walk as children of light. Now that you know that you were darkness, but now you are light. He said, walk that way. Walk as children of light. Now, now look at First John again. First John chapter one. First John one. And notice with me in verse seven. First John one seven. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus christ his son cleanses us from all sin so this is biblical language here now that we are to walk in the light in fact if you back up two verses verse five says this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that god is light And in him is no darkness at all. In him is no darkness at all. So when the scripture tells us to walk in the light, what does that mean? What is that referencing that I should walk in the light? Obviously it means I'm not walking in darkness, right? It says that God is light, so I could say I'm walking in God. But but think about it. In light, there is sight. 
In light, there is clarity. In light, there is an ability to recognize and distinguish one thing from another. In light, there's no deception. In light, there's not confusion. All right? There, there, is, there is nothing hidden in light. In light, everything is open and clear. Does that sound desirable to you? I, I don't know about you. I, I don't really like to not know where, where I'm going or to stumble. In light, there is no stumbling, right? Because we see clearly which way we are to go. Praise God. Here's something that's interesting. The Scripture says in verse 7 there, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, the blood of His Son, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So I can see that walking in the light must not mean that I am doing 100% of everything perfectly. Because if that were the case, why would it mention being forgiven of sin? Because there would be no sin. So walking in the light here does not reference someone being flawless in every way. But, again, it has to do with being honest. It has to do with being open. It has to do with, if obviously, if I do something that is inconsistent with the character and nature and standard of God, I'm not hiding it. I'm not denying it. I'm not acting like it doesn't exist, but I'm being open and clear. Everything is out in the light. That's why, what happens? Well, the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. You know, sin really becomes a problem when people deny it, when they hide it, when they try to act like it's not there, they make excuses, they live, within, they live in pretense. But everything is dealt with in God's mercy when people are open and honest and, and, and clear before Him. Praise God. And so walking in the light has to do with sight. It has to do with being open. It has to do with being clear. It has to do with being honest uh, uh, with, about our lives before the Lord. Jesus said in John 12, He said, He who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. Does this sound desirable at all to you? It, it really does to me. I desire to know where I'm going. I, I, I desire to have clarity about decisions I have to make. I don't like to be confused. I don't like to be faced with a decision and not know. To where it's just like, well, let's, you know, it's a gamble. It's a guess. It's, a, it, it, it's something of that nature. I, I want to be certain. I want to be clear. You can only walk confidently when you see. If we turn all the lights off in here and you were to walk from one side to the other, probably if you knew roughly where the aisles were, you could make it. But not confidently. You wouldn't run. Right? Your shins would be telling you, please don't run. <laughs> Uh, but but how many know you turn on the lights and you can move quickly you can run you can go you can move with confidence uh, because you can again see where you're supposed to go likewise when we walk in the light of the knowledge of God and his will and his plan man we can move forward in confidence and absolute certainty and uh, and and not be timid praise God praise God this is walking in the light so 
walking in the light has to do with now basically putting into practice what you know. If you think about walking in darkness, that would be, in one definition, that would be walking in what I don't know or what I don't see. That's hard. But then walking in light has to do with acting on, walking in, acknowledging what I do see. And this is actually a big problem. Even though it's a solution, many things that are a solution are a problem if dealt with incorrectly. It's a big problem in many people's lives that they have light, but don't walk in that light. If I've been entrusted with light, with understanding and sight, and I ignore that light, I'm going to pay for that. That's going to cost me something. It's going to... Well, what's going to happen, I'll show you this in a little bit, but it's going to diminish as I go until I really don't see and I don't have clarity any longer, okay? You can only walk in the light that you have. I can't walk in light that you have. You can't walk in light that I have. I only have so much light. I'm increasing, thank you, Lord, every day, every day. Hopefully you're increasing every day. But I don't see everything. We all see, as the scripture says, in a glass dimly. Right? We only see so much. That doesn't mean we can't increase. And the light is increasing in my life more and more. But again, I can only walk in the light that I have. I can't walk in the light that you have. It's not a good practice in life to focus on what you don't know. On what you don't see what you don't understand, and spend all your time being frustrated with what you don't have, what you don't see. A biblical prescription would be to focus on, give attention to, give thanks for the light that you do have. Make sure you are doing the right thing with what is before you, not focusing on everything you don't have. And many times people will approach the Lord, if, I could, if you'd only show me this, if I only had more understanding here, then I would begin to act or do. No, 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 no. Act on what you have, and that is a recipe for getting more. That is God's solution to, to, to increasing the light and revelation that you have. But too many times we're ignoring what we know. And again, that's a, that's a dangerous thing. Let me develop this, this in Scripture a little bit further. Luke chapter 12 would be a good place to go. Luke, the 12th chapter. See, walking in the light that you have is key to getting more. But ignoring the light that you have is a key to having that light go out. Is a key to entering into darkness. Okay? Uh, In Luke 12, Jesus teaching here, verse 42, And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season. Now, a steward, how many know, is a person not who owns things themselves, but manages the affairs of another. Is Is there a truth that we are all stewards of God's grace and of his gifts? And of his knowledge, yes, we don't. It didn't originate with us. We don't technically own it. It it, it belongs to him, and we are stewards of that. Okay, verse forty-three. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. 
Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master's will. They did, he did what? Knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. Everybody say beatings are bad. Beatings are bad. All right. Make sure we're all on the same page here. But he who did not know, everybody say did not know, yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. Everybody say, better, but still not good. <laughs> For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required, and to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. What we see here is that a person's judgment is conditioned upon what they know. Now, ignorance isn't bliss because a few stripes, a, a, a little, a smaller beating is not desirable, right? But what we can see here is the Lord is showing us that it is proportional what a person gets in life, uh, even in judgment, it is proportional to what they know. And I really shouldn't seek out to know a lot unless... I have full commitment to do a lot with what I am given as far as knowledge goes. If the light is bright, I better be ready to act accordingly with that light. But if I receive much and do little with it, I'm now accountable for what was given to me. You see how this can be like really liberating? And freeing and helpful and also a major bummer. <laughs> You're saying that all this time I've been in church and I went to those classes and I got all this stuff that my life can get worse as a result of it? Absolutely. Are you saying that if someone comes to church even today that their life could get worse as a result of coming to church? Yes, I am. Not God's intention, not God's plan, not the reason He told us to gather together, not the reason He gave me a message to share. But it is true that if light comes to us and we ignore that light, it's not going to be good. It actually will cause us to go into more darkness by not utilizing the light that God has in His grace and kindness shown us. Oh, my. You know, uh, Jesus said in another place, it's over in the 15th chapter of John. You don't need to turn there. But he said, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Wow, that's quite a statement. 
If they didn't know, they would have no sin, but now they have no excuse. You know, James even, uh, the, the book of James in the fourth chapter even said, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. He's not talking about someone doing the right thing. He's talking about someone not doing. Did I say that wrong? He's not talking about someone doing the wrong thing. He's talking about someone not doing the right thing. And whenever we know to do good, now we've got to. Now we've got to. Again, my desire and my goal shouldn't be, I'm going to stay as dumb as possible. (laughs) That way... Man, I'm off the hook here. No, no, no. No. The uh, Bible says we're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But we must see and recognize the importance uh, of, of understanding and light when it comes to us. See, Jesus taught that we should not cast our pearls before swine, nor give what's holy to dogs. And the Lord's not doing that either. We need to have a holy respect and commitment to whatever He says to us. Be so thankful, lest when it comes to us, we start going the wrong way. Look over at Mark chapter 4. This principle is really scattered throughout many teachings in the, in the, in the Scriptures. Mark chapter 4 and verse 23. Jesus said here, If anyone has ears to hear... Let him hear. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. More will be given. Verse 25, for whoever has, whoever has to him, more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, that's a, that's a scripture and a kingdom principle that can be used in multiple contexts depending on what it is that they have and what they're talking about. But it can be quite annoying. To some. That, has that scripture ever disturb you, disturbed you? Well, what do you mean? We're, those who have, we're going to give them more. And if you don't have anything, we're going to take what you have. Is that even right? Yes, that's right. That's correct. Listen, it's not correct. The way many people think today. That if you have a lot, it should be forced out of your hand and given to someone who has has nothing. That's not godly. That's not faith. That's not a kingdom principle. The principle is, if you have the right thing, you will be showered with many blessings. But if you don't have the right thing, you will lose everything you have. Say, that sounds hard. It's also our solution. If I can get it, then I'll have plenty. And I'll increase more and more and more. You see, this works again with many, many different things. It's definitely true about light. The context here is the Word of God. It's revelation coming, which is really light. When a person has a commitment to the Word of God and they have a respect and a a grateful heart, a thankfulness for what God has given them, He shows them, what happens to them? They get more. They get more. But when a person doesn't possess that type of, uh, of attitude and response to the Word of God, they lose it and they go down. Watch, is it, is it possible today that if, if you are, are at a certain level of, of light, 
There's a certain degree of light. We've got, what, what, what do we call those lights that, that go up and down? Dimmer. we got dimmers going on here. If you are at a certain level of light today, can you be in sometime in the future at a higher level of light? Can you have more light? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Could it be that if you're at a certain level today, that sometime in the future you could have less light? That something you see today, you don't see tomorrow. Very possible, very possible. Happens all the time, unfortunately. The first, fortunately, the latter, unfortunately. I have seen and known people who experienced God, knew Him. He did miracles in their life. They received great things, of undeniable things. But then down the road a little way, a little while, they got to a point where they were uncertain. And they would speak like this. You know, I don't even know what's real anymore. I don't even know what's right. I don't even, I don't even know if there's anything to all this. And you sit back, those who are still in light, still walking in light, you think, what in the world? How can you be saying this? How can you be? Un- I was there when this happened to you. I was there when God spoke to you. I was there when this happened. How can you be saying that? Are they honest? They are. At the con- in the condition they are right now, there's confusion. There's deception. God does not seem real. God hasn't changed, but they have gone into darkness. Doesn't mean they've lost their salvation, but they are operating in darkness now. Why? It's because they have not dealt properly with the light that they have. It's not that God just chose someone and said, you know what? I'm turning the lights off on you. I'm turning them on on you. (laughs) You're going to see and you're not. No, it's a matter of dealing right with what they have. Some people get more and some people it gets less. And so where we go from here is totally up to us. If I ignore what I know, if I act like things that I have, I, I don't have them, then I'm on a down, downhill slide. This is a principle that Jesus taught we should all be aware of. Go over to John 9. Let's see a little bit more here. John, the ninth chapter. See, if you don't walk in the light that you have, you'll lose it. The more you don't do something with what you have, the more you will think that you know more than you do. It's like the person who doesn't ever read the Scripture. They think they know the Scriptures a lot more than they do. Try it. No, I mean, don't, but... If you totally stay out of church, out of the Word, out of hearing, listening to it on whatever, however you, different forms you receive the Word, if you totally cut that off, you'll think, well, I still know what I know. But you don't. It's become less real to you. You've forgotten more than you realize. Hmm. The more we do, the more we live in reality. The more we can recognize where we're at. The more we can see what God has in store, the more light will flood our hearts and minds. But the more we ignore what we know, we ignore what we have received, 
The more we, we ignore, the more we enter into a darker place and the things of God will just seem less real to you. Man, let's not ever let that happen. God can be so real. To, he is what he is. It's not, he's not fluctuating. But he can be so real to you, more real than the person sitting next to you or the chair that you're sitting on. He can be so real to you where you know His will and His ways. And He talks to you and ministers to you. You worship Him at times. He'll envelop you. You'll think, what is this? That's the glory and presence of God. Oh, it is so wonderful. Oh, and you can. You can be saved. And all these things can seem so very distant. People talk about God has a plan for your life. You'll roll your eyes. People can say, oh, God wants to use you. You'll think, huh, yeah, whatever that is. It just won't be real, yet it is real. But it will seem so distant. Let's not let those things be dark to us. And it's in our hands. Jesus taught this further here. In, uh, in John 9, this is the story when a guy was born blind and came to Jesus and, and he got healed. It was, a, it was a, an amazing healing. And then the Pharisees were ticked. Right, They were really disturbed by that. And they questioned him. And they questioned his parents. And was he really blind? And they said yes. And, and he's of age. Ask him. And you know, all these threats about kicking him out of, their, uh, out of their church and everything were going on. And they, they didn't want Jesus to get the credit. And they said, you're a follower of Jesus. And you know that was an insult to them. And, and uh, all this stuff's going on. It's kind of hilarious. But Jesus followed, followed up at the end of the chapter here. Uh, John 9, verse 38 he's talking to the guy who was made who was given his sight he said for judgment i have come into this world that those who do not see may see and that those who may see those who see may be made blind okay so what's happening here some people are given more light some people are given less light or light is leaving them it's all, it's all dependent on how a person responds to the work of the Lord. I mean, can you see here, he's talking about these Pharisees who were denying the reality of a changed life right before him. All the evidence pointed to it. His parents, everyone says, this guy was blind and now he sees. And they're trying to wash this thing away and act like it's not real, trying to discredit it. He said, that's not a, that's not a smart thing to do. You don't take something that you literally do see and say, it's not real. It's not true. It's not there. And what happens is people go into darkness by not dealing properly with the light that they have. Verse 40, Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. Wow. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. In other words, he said, you, these guys couldn't claim ignorance. They knew what was going on. So he said, you've got a problem here. You've got, you've got sin. Your sin remains here. How many understand this? That when we are ever dealing with true ignorance, there's mercy. Oh, God is so merciful and kind when we don't know. And there's things we all don't know. Man, he's merciful. Paul, the apostle, even said that he received mercy because his blasphemy was done in ignorance. But it becomes a problem when someone willfully and knowingly does the wrong thing. They're willfully and knowingly disobedient. When it's right before them, the light is turned on and they purposefully close their eyes. 
They see it, but say, I don't see it. They turn away. They act like they don't know. Kind of like uh, like uh, Cain and Abel. Remember, Cain killed his brother Abel. The Lord came to him one day, said, Cain, where is Abel? Cain said, ah, my bad, I killed him. And uh, sorry, forgive, no. I think the Lord was giving him opportunity to, to humble himself, even after murder. But what did Cain do? He said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? That's dangerous to do. When you know something, to act like you don't know it. To pretend as if something is one way when you're not being honest with your own heart, with your God. You know, Hebrews says that all things are open and naked before Him. There is nothing hidden from the Lord. And we need to deal right with our our lives before the Lord. And uh, be honest with yourself about what you know and, and what you don't know. Praise God. I think these things will help us. Help us tremendously. And again, Jesus said, told them, if you were blind, you'd have no sin. So it, it, it shows us the importance of dealing right with what we see, with what we do know, and, uh, and, and not, not ignoring. Our desire for God allows light to come. But those who refuse to believe, darkness floods their hearts. Kind of like those folks over in, uh, in, in Romans 1. You ever read over in Romans 1? It says, it says that they, um, it's, it says although, that's a Rick Perry right there. <laughs> it says although they, the energy department, that's what it was. No. <laughs> Let's get back on track. Although they knew God, they did not acknowledge him as God. They knew something, the light was there, but they didn't acknowledge him as God. And what, what happened as a result of that? They were darkened. Their minds became futile. They were turned over to dumb, <laughs> to foolishness and, 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 and ignorance because they took something they did know and they didn't deal rightly with it. Amen. I think it's, it can be very rude, dishonest, when people are not real with what they with what they have, the light that they have, we should all don't don't play games with yourself or even with others, acting like you don't know something, acting like even with the Lord. Well, Lord, I didn't, I just didn't know. I mean, if that's true, fine. There's mercy, but when we're playing games, uh, let me tell you, I've dealt with people in this regard. Uh, my heart is to help people in whatever they're dealing with, all the junk of this life. And if someone is under attack of some kind, if it's a spiritual attack, man, let's pray. Let's break that off. Let's, let's, de- let's deal with this, this kind of thing. But I know sometimes it's not a spiritual attack. It's just a stupid attack. It really is. And people know it is. But they'll put on a front. They'll get, they'll, they'll get people around and say, you guys just need to pray for me. And then people will. The body of Christ will rally around. People will stay up late at night and pray in the Spirit and pray for people, pray for them and do whatever they can, give them money to help, help them in many different areas. But what I've seen sometimes is people are putting on a front saying that when they know very well that it is their own actions 
they're doing wrong with the light, with the knowledge they have that is causing their problem. And they want to say, oh, just pray for my marriage. My marriage is being attacked. No, you're being a fool treating your wife like a doormat. I'm not going to pray that out of you. I can't pray that and make that all better. Pray for my kids. No, discipline them. And show them love and kindness and, and so forth. Everybody with me in this? I've seen situations where people have gathered together to pray for someone and everyone's, you know, doing their best and giving up their time and money and all kinds of stuff and someone's not being honest with why the things are happening that are happening. They're doing things that they're not being open about and so everyone's trying to break this off them. I think it's rude to pray, to tell people, pray for me financially if, if you're ignoring what you know the Bible tells you about, God, about finances. And everyone's praying and it's not working. It's hindering everybody's faith. I think that's rude. That's dishonest. That's not dealing properly with light. Now, if you really don't know, that's a whole other thing. We'll pray, counsel, support, lift up. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to be there for each other. But let's not... Act like we're in the dark when we really know what to do. And what happens if we, if we do that? If you don't deal rightly with the light that you have, it diminishes. It diminishes. And then after a while, you're saying, I don't know what to do. And you're probably right at that point. But we've got to go back and always deal, deal with the last thing. You know, uh, the Apostle Paul, when he was pre-apostle, still known as Saul, had an encounter with the Lord on the road to Damascus. And the light shone from heaven and knocked him on the ground, and the Lord spoke to him and, uh, and, and said, Saul, Saul, you know, why are you persecuting me? And so forth. And, you know, Saul said, who are you? He said, I'm, I'm the Lord. And, uh, and, and Saul said, what do you want me to do? And, and remember what the Lord said? He said, I want you to go into the city and then I'll tell you the rest. Oh, well, Lord, while we're talking here, I'm not sure I can get this vision going again. <laughs> Why don't you just tell me now? What would the Lord have said? No, he wouldn't have said anything because he already gave him light. If you want this much light and the Lord gives you this much light, Know that acting on this light is key to getting this much light. He had to act on what he had before God would give him more. And he could have sat around there and said, the Lord just won't show me what to do. He could have been years into his life saying, well, God appeared to me. The Lord appeared to me. He just, I asked him what to do. He wouldn't tell me. And he could have got everyone praying. Agree with me that the Lord will show me what to do. I'm going to find me a prophet. Maybe they'll tell me what to do. When all the while, I'm just saying how this could have played out. This is what people do. They act like they don't know when they do know. Pray for me that this will work out. No, what has the Lord said to you last? What's the last thing he's shown you from his word that you just skip right on past? And yeah, that's good. That's good. I like that, Lord. I'll get to that someday. <laughs> and we just shelf it. All we did is hinder the light. We've got to deal with what he shows us. So that's a big Bible. I don't know if I can do all that. Don't be concerned about it. Don't be concerned. Act on what you know. That's the key to more. The Lord is never going to give me more than I can handle. 
But I've been in situations, I've been in times of my life when there was too much to handle. There was too much on my plate. My plate was not large enough to handle everything. What does that mean? That means I'm doing something the Lord didn't deal with me about doing. That means I'm not walking in the light that I have. I'm trying to walk in the light that you have and you have. And I'm trying to fulfill the the needs of every other person. No, if I will focus on what the Lord has shown me to do, what I know to do, then there'll always be plenty of time to do everything that's necessary. Thank you, Lord. Oh, he's so good. Anybody getting anything out of this today? Praise God. Praise God. Should we take a halftime break and... No, I'm just kidding. I'm, a fi- I'm finishing up. I know I've already gone longer than normal. But uh, this is a principle in the, in the, in the Word of God that is, that is big. Even Peter had a revelation, and he talked about, in one place, about people who had escaped the pollutions of the world, but they had, uh, through the knowledge of the Lord, but they had gone back. They, have, they had ignored those things. And he said, it would have been better for them if they did not know the way of righteousness than to have known it and then and turned away from the holy commandment that's quite a statement you'd have been better off not coming to church today (laughs) that didn't come out of my mouth did it (laughs) hypothetically it had been better off not knowing something than knowing it and and intentionally closing your eyes towards it hmm I don't hear you. I don't hear you. I don't know that. I don't, I, I don't see anything. <laughs> Let's just purpose in our hearts that when the Lord gives us light, we value it. We're thankful for it. Oh, we're so thankful. And Lord, whatever I do, my, my commitment, whatever I see, I'm going to act on that. I'm going to deal right with what I see. The more you show me, the more I'm empowered to live it, to act, to act on it. This is the will of God. Amen. It's why sometimes so many people are uh, they, they're, uh, inconsistent, constantly changing. I got to have something new. I got to try this. I need a new church. I need a new, I need a new wife. I need a new job. I need a new this. I, 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 constantly changing their friends and everything else around. No, deal right with what you have. Do the right thing with what you have today. And watch how God will use it. And that discontent will go away. Amen. Amen. Father, we pray today. And we give thanks to you. For all that you have shown us we're so thankful for the light of your word for the light of your spirit that you show us Lord and as we walk and continue our lives and do the will of God I thank you that light increases more and more but we purpose in our hearts to not push aside to not ignore the light that you have given, the things that you have shown us. Lord, we purpose to put these things into practice, to be doers of the Word of God. And thank you, Lord, for the blessings that abound. Thank you for the glorious light of God. We have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. 
Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' mighty name.